Welcome to Two Girls, One Brew. I'm Christy. Hey guys, I'm Jamie. And we have a very special episode for you today because we have two things. We have an interview and Jamie got to check out Windermere Brewing Company just opened. Were they in the soft opening or or they No, they were open about a week when we got there. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually open. Uh, that's been a highly anticipated brewery. I know just especially for us, we've been talking about it opening for a while now. I'm surprised they allowed it. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm not surprised. I'm actually surprised they allowed it in the area being, you know, that it's a pretty conservative area, I guess you could say. Yeah. 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 Conservative, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it was really cool. But, and, and did they have a good amount of people there? So when we went, we went on a Friday during like the middle of the day. So we went like around like two o'clock in the afternoon. They opened around one. So like it wasn't busy. I think like in the evenings are definitely slammed. So you yeah. got like, if you could, if you live near a brewery, you could walk to it. Hell yes. Do that. Walk <laughs> to a brewery. I'm like, yeah, if I live like right next door, like I'd be there every day. Um, they only had six beers on top. Again, they're only a week into their opening. They yeah. were postponed because of pandemic and all that things that were going on. So, you know, they, they dealt with challenges with that. But um, they did have some good beers on tap, and I did sample two of them mm-hmm. um, that were pretty decent. Yeah. What did was, What did you have? So I had um, the first off I had was the No Wake. It was a three point five percent ABV, so it was just a like clean, easy drinking beer. Um, it is it is a uh, a pub style ale, uh, perfect for the uh, idle spread of life. It's malt forward, hints of toffee and nuts, so it was very clean. It wasn't anything you know that I would say would be too hoppy or anything that would like it. Again, just a clean beer on a hot summer day. A low ABV, so you know you're going to be able to toss back a couple of these, no problem. I gave it a three point five on Untapped, mm-hmm. and uh, not bad at all. And then the second one I had was a tourist season. It was a seven point two percent ABV. When you get that cough syrup taste, you know, with some of those higher ABVs, it's like ooh, cough syrup, gross. But I did not taste that at all with this one. It was a very clean, a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, I actually gave it a four. Oh, so if not, you do not wow. like a beer. If you don't like a beer, this is for you. This is the beer for you. If you do not like drinking beer, this is the one you want to drink because it kind of has that champagne kind of like a bubbly effervescent kind of taste to it. So I would say that was a dangerous one. You could take back a couple and you'd be like feeling real good. Just saying. So that was actually pretty delicious. Again, there's just, they just, they've only been open a week to the public. They're getting started. Um, I did hear from the bartender there is a hazy on uh, that they're working on right now. So I'm pretty excited nice. about that. And I did hear her, their head brewer is from Elysian, which makes me really happy because I love me some Elysian fall beers. And I was like, well, let me ask, is he going to have a fall beer on tap? Just throwing that out there. Maybe some <laughs> night out, but maybe your own way of doing a night out. That's one of my favorite beers for the pumpkin season is the Elysian pumpkin pack, especially the night owl get that but really? yeah so i was excited to hear that this you know that he's pretty well versed in the beer industry and um you know again starting out trying to figure out your clientele and what what they're going to want to drink they did have a variety of options um, my husband had a pale ale um there was an ipa on tap that i tasted it was pretty good too so there's a little bit of, of something for everybody i think that's the, the key to a brewery is you want to make sure you don't have like six ipas on tap and nothing else or too many sours on tap they did also mm-hmm. have a sour I sampled. Wasn't bad. Again, I'm not a big sour fan, so I couldn't, 
you know, bite the bullet and do a whole, you know, pour of that. But um, there is a little bit of something for everybody. Very nice. Yeah. It's cute, too. It has a cute little, the bathrooms are really cute, by the way. The women's bathroom had this cute vintage, uh, like, sw- like these vintage swimmers, like in the, mm-hmm. uh, like on the wallpaper. So it's very much like lakeside, kind of like that lake feeling. It's yeah. Like, like nautical lake. It was pretty cool. Well, I do. Small, I, I did see uh, some pictures from their, their Facebook page and it looks like a really cute little place. Yeah. They have an outdoor area with cornhole. Um, I think they're going to eventually do like, um, I know that on Friday nights, like the third Friday of every month, I think they do like a big food truck thing in Windermere. So mm-hmm. that would be helpful. Um, I know they're trying to figure out the food situation. They do have some light snacks, like a charcuterie board you can get some like nuts and like that type of thing. But um, there's Dixie cream cafe, which is right there by it. They're oh yeah. Lunch and bre- uh, for breakfast and lunch. So that's always an option too. Um, I know they're still figuring all that stuff out, but it was a really cute little place. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Go brunch to Dixie cream and then head right, but literally right behind it. Yeah. Right oh, there. nice. I got a chance to run out to title brewing in spring Hill, nice. which you would never, ever think that it was out there. And it's so amazing. Uh, from Orlando, it's, it, it's a haul. It's like two hours. But I mean, it's worth a track. If you're going to do beer tourism, go for okay. it because they had some really good, they have 20 beers on tap. So it's not a loss of, of things to do. I went and uh, talked to Maxine, who's uh, the co-owner and just kind of talked to her about things and, and got to enjoy the tap room. I tried and I didn't record this because I did this after the interview, but mm-hmm. she gave me, uh, we tried some, some beers of her beers and I, I really, they, I had five really strong ones. Um, oh. They had an amazing Dunkel. Amazing. Ooh. Amazing. Dunkel. They had a Baltic Porter called Dark Water. All of their beers are nautical themed because they were both biology teachers and they love the water. And the whole theme is very nautical. I love that. Um, and beachy and all of their beers are themed to the ocean. In fact, they, they have a program called Tide for a Cause where they find different charities and then they brew the beer based on what they experience to bring awareness to the community. So that's awesome. How cool is that that you went to a nautical themed, I went to like a lake theme. Yeah. We both went like that's watery. We're watery creatures. That's freaking awesome. I had their coconut blonde, which is, let's see, what was it called? Melusine. It was really good. The coconut was not overpowering. I really liked it. I, as much as I, I liked the Dunkel and I liked the Porter and I had an ESB on nitro that was on point Ooh, uh, called lost there. in London. Really great. I wanted a nice, clean, refreshing, crisp beer. And they, the coconut blonde definitely was and hold your socks, hold your socks, Jamie. I held. I had a triple Nipa. <gasps> what? I had a triple. Me and the IPAs don't always see eye to oh, yeah. eye, but yeah. But uh, actually, Maxine brewed this one. It's called Bad Kitty. <laughs> oh, I love that name, Bad Kitty. That's awesome. So I bought a four pack, and I nearly. The, Matt was like, well, "You bought an IPA?" I was like, "Yes, I did." Yeah, you don't like IPAs? I know. I that's, don't like that's IPAs. Huge for you. That's huge. It's very. It's very. She. She was like. Trust me, I think you're gonna like this one. Dude, I I usually get this to people that don't like Ivy, and I'm like, 
Yes, that is what everybody that makes an IPA says to a person that they don't like IPAs to try to trick them to buy an IPA. So I, what? <laughs> In this case, it was legit. It was delicious. We won you over. Woo! It won me over and, and got me to the point where I even bought a four pack, even though my beer fridge is full. So this was my interview with Maxine Peitzman from Tidal Brewing. and welcome to two girls one brew i am one girl i am christy <laughs> out at tidal brewing in spring hill florida and i am with maxine yes. maxine peitzman yes uh, who is one of the owners and operators and all things brewing loving so tell me how how did you get into brewing so um i actually am not like currently into brewing. I'm still learning. Um, I'm definitely like a little apprentice to my husband, but um, as far as like being involved in the brewing industry, I I just kind of fell into it when I met Dave, my husband. Um, basically, it was one of those things where I kind of met him and I didn't really like beer and he loved beer and he kind of said, you know, if this is gonna work out, you need to figure it out. Um, and he's just started taking me to breweries, you know, and I just kind of fell in love with the whole culture and just the idea of making your own beer. And we started homebrewing together. He had homebrewed before, but he wanted to kind of like pick it back up. And, you know, we just kind of realized that he was really, really talented at this hobby. So that's kind of how we fell into Title Brewing Company. We were like, do we think we could try it and make it work? Yes, we would love to. And if it doesn't work, then at least we can live our life with no regrets mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, you know, we're both coming from the school system. So mm -hmm. we were kind of like, do we think we can teach forever? Probably not. Mm. And then obviously <laughs> the fact that the two of us are here full time now kind of says a lot. We, we made the right choice. So, yeah. So now when did you open? So we opened in May of 2018. Um, that was a little bit of a journey. We had actually started the process back in like the fall winter, early winter of 2016, as far as applying for the mm. LLC and all of that, um, getting our plans drafted up. So we kind of had a, a lengthy process in terms of like getting our permits and our build out, but we actually opened on Cinco de Mayo. That was our soft opening Very nice. in 2018. So we actually just celebrated uh, four years of being open. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah definitely an accomplishment where we've been very like grateful just to be able to be here um, and continue to be successful and obviously making it through COVID and everything too was, was a blessing. So what was your biggest challenge during COVID? I would say our biggest challenge during COVID, you know, we were fortunate enough to have been open for a few years. Um, so we at least had some clientele built up, but I think it was really probably the same challenge that anybody else faced. It was kind of more like the uncertainty behind everything, like mm -hmm. knowing if we were doing the right thing, making the right moves, um, you know, just at any given time, we were just trying to make the best choices for us, for mm -hmm. our business, for our customers, for our staff. We actually continued to keep our staff and keep them employed, oh, even wow. though we were not open for very many hours because obviously we were on a to-go model at that point. Mm -hmm. But we just kind of rotated the staff through the shifts and just hoped that like whatever we could do would help them out. Um, but I would say, yeah, during that time, it was really just more like the challenge of just not knowing how, not knowing how long this was going to be, not knowing how the food thing was going to work out. Um, because obviously we had to do that the second time mm -hmm. to reopen. So yeah, it was just, it was just the little things. And then just kind of after that too, like just life after COVID, just kind of seeing how 
you know, people were adjusting to coming back into the tap room and if they were wanting to come out and if they felt comfortable and safe. But I think we did our best. And at the end of the day, that's all you can really hope for is that you're staying yeah. true to yourself and you're, you're doing things as you think they should be done. Yeah. And, and it definitely shows that you love this place. I'm, I'm looking around. I will definitely include pictures on our. Yes, on absolutely. Our- we do love this place. And, you know, honestly, when we were thinking about the build out and like what it should look like, we are both. You know, we're both former educators, like I said. We both have a background in the sciences. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an environmental science major. I'm a marine biology major. We both have a love of the ocean. So we kind of just wanted a place that was just, like, very relaxed and a place where you could come and just chill. We wanted it to feel almost like a traditional pub, Mm -hmm. but with, like, nautical elements throughout. So that's kind of how the inside came to look the way it does. So now what, what do you personally enjoy as beer? I personally kind of dabble in a lot of different styles. Um, You know, one of the things we were speaking about earlier today was just the variety to titles menu at any given time, which is one of the things I love. So like when I'm here bartending and people ask me like what I'm currently drinking, like on any given day, it could be really anything. Nine times out of ten, I will gravitate towards something like a Pilsner or a Colch. Mm-hmm. I just love those styles of beer because they are just good for any given day. They're so easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that you can do with them. I also, um, more recently, have been starting to get into more like amber styles of beer. Mm-hmm. So like we have an ESB on our menu that's on nitro, which I love. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an underrated beer and it's just kind of overlooked. I think that you know running it through nitro just kind of gives it a little bit of something extra. And then I do also like IPAs and you know, like I said, it kind of just depends on my mood on any given day, but I'll pretty much drink everything on our menu or I'll try anything once, you know, it might not be something I get a full pint of, but I can appreciate different styles for what they are. Cool. Um, so we were talking a little bit about, you know, the, the point of this podcast is to definitely concentrate on females in the brewing industry. What have you learned as a female in the brewery, brewing industry? Have you, have you had any experiences that were wonderful and ex- you know, incredible, or have you had any experiences that were not so great? I would say for the most part, um, I have been pretty well received in my role here. I think a lot of the people that walk through this door know that Dave and I are a team Mm -hmm. in order to make this place run and that there's certain things that Dave does that he's good at and that I do that I'm good at. But at the end of the day, we're both trying to learn from each other as well. So For me, fortunately, I've seen a lot of support from Mm -hmm. our customers and from like our staff that's worked for us. Every once in a while, somebody will come in and there'll be like a little comment. I I don't necessarily think it's always like meant to be like a derogatory thing, but um, I know he's gonna laugh behind me, but there was one instance where a gentleman came in and I don't know why, it just always like comes to my head. And he, he asked me if I was the owner's wife. And to me, it just kind of stood out because I was like, yes I am but I'm the other owner as well like I'm also the owner you know it's just kind of like and I knew he meant nothing like negative about it but it's just sometimes like why does that thought come to your head you Mm -hmm. know like we're in this together as a team why is it sometimes always seen as that the man is in charge of everything Mm -hmm. so 
like I said, I don't deal with it too often, but every once in a while, there'll be some sort of like little comment like that, that, you know, you just kind of correct in a polite manner. Well, you are a teacher. Exactly. And I know how to do that. <laughs> Trust me, I do. I know how to do that with children, adults. So yeah, definitely my job in the school was very easy practice transitioning into customer service here. But yeah, I would say for the most part, it's been a really, a really good thing. I think that, you know, more and more people are starting to see women in the, the beer industry as being something of value and playing a very pivotal role in how breweries function and mm -hmm. their success. So I ask a, a couple of like just standard questions. Yeah. It's kind of like that, that, that actor's studio like yeah. list of questions. So if you are on a desert island, don't worry, you're gonna be rescued in three days. Okay. It's like, it's not a desperate situation, That's but fair. you have a cooler full of one kind of beer. It's the only beer you can have for those three days on that desert island. What is that beer going to be? That's so funny that you say that because literally last weekend I was just having this conversation with a couple of our customers. <laughs> we have this group of regular customers that come to see us like every Saturday and we just get into the best talks with them. But we, we talked about like our one food and our one beer. And I think for me it would be a Pilsner. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily care what type of Pilsner. I love Czech Pilsners. I love German Pilsners. We have a New Zealand Pilsner on the menu right now, which I love. I just like them because to me, they're just crisp. Like I told you earlier, they're good for any time of year. Mm -hmm. And that's something where it's like in any given situation, like I know that I could drink a Pilsner and be happy. So that would probably be my, my beer of choice if I was stuck and hopefully getting rescued eventually. But you will get rescued yes, in three days. that's good. That's I was, good. It started out with just being on a, on a des desert island and then I felt like I needed to reassure everyone no, that you I will understand. be rescued. I understand, <laughs> yeah, because that could change things because people yes. might be like, um, well, I don't know then. <laughs> so I understand that. Um, what flavors do you like to play with with your beers? So we actually play with a lot of different flavors. Um, we are kind of people that like to do beers that are inspired by other things. We kind of like to think outside of the box um, in terms of our flavor combinations. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll use a lot of the different fruit purees. There's a lot of great products out there nowadays. Like we love the Amaretti craft purees. Mm -hmm. um, they're just so reliable. But you know, we'll experiment with like different types of ma uh, malts and different types of hops as well. It just kind of depends on what we're going for. So mm -hmm. like one example I can think of like just right off the bat um, in the next coming weeks, Shark Week is coming up, yes. which is um, kind of a great time of year for me. I love Shark Week. So the last few years we've started doing Shark Week flights and what we do is we brew beers and we flavor them. and. Each beer is kind of meant to be inspired by sharks in some way. Okay. So like this year's menu is, and we tried this one out last year, it's a mango hazy IPA. Mm -hmm. And we're calling it from the roots of the mangroves, but mangoes. Um, and that's where baby sharks are. That's like a shark mm -hmm. nursery. And then um, last year we also did a beer called the black tip, which is a species of mm -hmm. shark. And that was a sour with black cherry. And then this year we're trying two new beers as well. One of them is going to be called Deep Ocean Currents, and it's going to be a dark beer. It's going to have lots of cocoa nibs in it, as well as black currant. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to do a beer that we wanted to kind of be like inspired by the ocean, like a nice blue color. We actually got non-alcoholic blue curacao, and our goal is to make it almost kind of like a blue Hawaii mixed drink. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's gonna be like a blue Hawaii sour, and we're gonna call it Shark's Cove, 
and that's a place that I'm familiar with because I went to school. I graduated from Hawaii Pacific University, so that was a place we used to go to snorkeling. I am so. from Hawaii. Are you? Okay, so that's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you know yeah. all about it. When you said Sharks Cove, yep. I was like, I have snorkeled yep. there. So that's what the beer is going to be called, you know? So, but like in that situation, like we're more so going like, how can we connect these beers to things that we're passionate about? Mm -hmm. So that's one specific instance. We're also currently um, in the middle of a project called Tide for a Cause, where mm. we have been brewing beers inspired by our local preserves. And the whole goal is to educate our public about just all the great things that these sensitive lands have to offer in this area. Mm -hmm. So usually what that entails is like me going out to the preserve with the people that work there and kind of getting like, as I go on a hike, my own inspiration for what I think a beer should be made to represent this mm -hmm. preserve like. So the most recent one we had done was a Hellas Lager. We wanted something that was just crisp and clean. Um, we did it for a preserve called Peck Sink, which is no more than 10 minutes away. And part of the reason we went for that style of beer is because that is a location that filters the water for the county. Oh, nice. Yes. So like our goal was like, okay, we want to make a beer that's as pristine, you know, as, as the water that hopefully this preserve is filtering back into the aquifer. So, you know, we're inspired by a lot of things. Like yeah. I said, we play around with a lot of different flavors. Um, some of them, you know, we try and keep it as natural as possible. We try not to use too many extracts. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's hard. If, if you really want a flavor to come through, sometimes extract is the best way to go. So, yeah. but yeah. What do you feel is the most overrated beer? The most overrated beer, honestly. Or style of beer. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes sours can be a little bit overrated. Mm. I do like sours. I'm not saying that I don't, but I think that there has become a tendency or like an expectation for people to only drink a sour if it's flavored. Mm -mm. So like, for example, like when we brew our sour, we brew it plain and then we end up just flavoring individual kegs. Mm -hmm. to experiment with variety of flavor combinations, fruits, etc. But like we could put the regular sour on on its own and it won't move like at all. Mm -hmm. Like people are afraid of it. Not afraid. <laughs> no one drinks sour. It's just one of those things where it's like It's a perception. It is a perception. It's almost like it, they're they're not drawn to it if there's no extra things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's kind of unfortunate is the fact that sours have come to be known as being a sour plus this plus this plus this plus yeah. this you know almost like a kitchen sink exactly yeah. exactly and sometimes i can appreciate it for what it is because sometimes it's very well done and great i taste all of those things and sometimes to me it's just like i don't even understand where the beer is you know mm -hmm. and honestly i think like a good berliner weiss or a gosa on its own they have great natural yeah. flavors so you know, I think that those can be a little bit overrated sometimes. Yeah, I, I, in my opinion, there, there's, there's one brewery that uh, when the former former Castle Church, R.I.P., um, <laughs> they were doing a plain Berliner, and then you would get added a syrup added. Yeah, they would boil down like a, a schnapps or something like that, okay. and then they would put the syrup into that. So you would always have. The choice of how much you would want to have in it and you'd always get to try it you know as a uh you could either get a full or a half okay. as, as a regular without anything in it and then they added something to it okay so that was kind of neat because that's the first time i'd ever had a, a 
I've ever experienced a Berliner without something to it. It's I like that. I think it, it just kind of shows off the style. And like we had done something similar like that too during Oktoberfest. We actually do sell the plain Berliner Weiss mm-hmm. and we buy the Woodruff syrup mm, like they okay. would do over in Germany. Yeah. And that also was kind of like a learning curve here too because you had to kind of like talk people through. Like we had to teach the staff like, all right, this is what Woodruff is. You need to taste it so you know how to describe it because if people just see Woodruff on the sign, like you can have it plainer with Woodruff syrup, they're not gonna order it. Yeah. So that was like a big opportunity for us too to be like, all right, you guys are the salesmen. Here's how you pitch it to people. And I had so many people that loved it and were so genuinely like surprised by it and mm-hmm. they were grateful that they had gotten it because they otherwise would have never tried it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because I know that the sours are very popular. And I just, sometimes for me, it's like it's, it's too much. It's almost like a trend that seems to be going through that if somebody doesn't have a sour, they turn around and walk away. For I me, agree. if it's all sours, I, I, have, I can't go in. I agree. And like I said you know, earlier, we're in such a unique area being in Spring Hill, Florida, because we do get people that know about beer coming into our doors. But then we also still get people that are like, what's a sour? Like, Mm. and then they try it and they make that grossed out face, you know, (laughs) like where they're like puckering and they're like, ooh. So it's like, we always try and have one sour on because we Mm. know that people do look for them. But any more than that, it's hard sometimes to move them. Yeah. At least in this area for us. So. So now what do you see as the future of Tidal Brewing? So we actually just re-signed our lease. So um, we're secured here for another five years, which is great. And then we actually just signed a contract with Altered Craft uh, Distribution. Oh, nice. I don't know. Do you know anything about them? Yes. I okay. was just, I was excited to hear you're looking into distributing. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've considered distribution. A lot of times it, it didn't feel right for us, mm-hmm. like just based off of the different kind of companies that are out there. We, we've always, like our goal has always been to be like the little guys, you know, yeah. and like do what we do really well. Yeah. Like the product is the number one focus the tap room is small and it's homey and we know you and we know your order so we never really felt like those two things went together yeah um but once altered craft developed and you know we kind of started getting into talks with them they were kind of seeking us out a little bit and we talked with their entire team it just seemed like a good fit Mm -hmm. you know because they're a small team as well they care about their clients so we figured, why not? Let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, same as when we started Title. The worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and, and then we can at least say that we tried. But this is, for me, this is, I see this as a good opportunity to grow because we're starting to put our beers out there. Mm-hmm. And in, in different areas throughout, you know, Pasco and Pinellas and surrounding counties mm-hmm. where hopefully we can bring even more people into the doors as well, too, that are like, wow, I, I love that turbid waters that I had at wherever. You know, let me go see what they do in Spring Hill. So, yeah, the goal is really just always to continue growing the brand and just kind of seeing, you know, what it does for us here. Yeah. Um, we've, we've thought about the idea of having a second location as well. Obviously, it would have to be the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it would have to be the right location at the right time. It's challenging right now, I yeah. would say, because just with the way the market has yeah. been. So, but I think we're headed in the right direction. You know, this place is doing really well, our location. And then, like I said, with going into distribution now and just being able to put some of our beer out there, I think that will only continue to add to it. So what do you think has been the biggest challenge about opening a brewery and the biggest reward? That's a great question. I mean, I feel like there are so many rewards Mm -hmm. on any given day. I feel like those 
definitely always overshadow the challenges, mm -hmm. which is a great thing. For me, what's so rewarding is being able to be here and look around and see people enjoying themselves in this space. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm working behind the bar and people just, you know, chatting with me and telling me how much they love the beer. They don't know who I am, you know, mm -hmm. I, and that's fine. I don't necessarily want them to know, but just that I can provide them a good experience and that they're happy and that they would come back. Those are definitely very rewarding things mm -hmm. for me. As far as challenges, I think there's a lot of challenges in owning your own business, mm -hmm. whether it's a brewery or not. Um, I think a lot of people, especially with small businesses, they, they juggle a lot of things. So the first couple of years that we were open, I was balancing being a school teacher and being mm -hmm. a business owner. Yeah. And that was challenging, um, you know, to say the least. Fortunately, my husband, he was able to leave after one year of being mm -hmm. open and he was here full time. So that took a lot of extra pressure off. I would say that that's challenging. I would say that it's also challenging to fall into a role of being somebody's boss when you've never been in a leadership role before mm -hmm. or never owned your own business. Um, it's definitely hard to get used to managing people. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say that it's also challenging sometimes because we run a business together and we're married to kind of like find like time to separate you know, work mm -hmm. and home life. Because yeah. especially with a business like ours, we're open seven days a week, yeah. you know? Like, this place is alive and breathing and well every single day, you know? Money's going in, it's it's going out. Like, it's, we got staff working, customers coming in. So there's always something, I feel. Everything breaking, you know? Um, but we do it all. Like, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, we're like the little two-man team here. And thank God we have a great staff as well, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we have a good group of girls that, you know, run the bar when we're not working bar shifts so and we just kind of do all the other things that need to be done but yeah I would say there's a lot of rewards you know and it, it's mostly just about knowing that you've created a, a space where people can feel comfortable and where people are enjoying themselves so those definitely outweigh the challenges yeah yeah now you're you've lived in this area and taught in this area yes. as well yes. so how many of your students or students families have come in here that's that's funny. That's a good question. So we're, we're kind of getting at the age now because I taught middle school. Mm. I taught eighth grade um, for eight years. So we have just recently started getting toward the age where my students have started to turn 21. So I anticipate it's going to be more and more the next few years <laughs> of them coming in. But as far as like their families, yeah, we've, we've had a few of our families roll through and you know, I mean, same with Dave, because he used to teach high school. And I think it's just great that they have been able to continue to support us, like even outside the classroom, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, we've been in this area for, I've been in this area for nine years now. Well, I am really excited to come out here. And it is a beautiful place. If you get into Spring Hill, well, make the journey. Make it. Absolutely. Make the effort. It's good. Um, and it's an interesting drive. Especially from Orlando. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> interesting is a good word for that drive. Wow. The, the radio stations you hit alone on the way. Woo. Yes. Um, so definitely come down and see Maxine and Dave down at Tidal Brewing. It's in Spring Hill. And you are open seven days a week. So. Seven days a week, yes. Um, and our hours are posted on Google as well as on our website, Facebook, Instagram. Awesome. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Yes, and you I as well. love your space. And I... Hope to try some of your beers as well today. Thank you so uh, much. When you open and uh, check out Tidal Brewing. And what is your website? Do you have Instagram as well? Yes. Our website is titlebrewingflflorida.com. And then we do have an Instagram handle. It's Tidal Brewing Co. 
cool. Well, check it out, and uh, I'm going to go enjoy. So thank you for joining us on Two Girls, One Brew, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. So that was that was my interview with Maxine. It was fun. I had a great afternoon. I ended up spending like a couple hours there. Definitely a big credit to my friend John, who put me on to her wavelength to get in touch with her and connected us so that we could talk because I, I had a great, great conversation with her. And it was just fun to talk. Um, so if you ever are in uh, Spring Hill, or in the Tampa area, you're on your way. It's not that far. Check it out. They're open seven days a week and their beer is amazing. I'm impressed that you like did a triple. I apparently, according to the the IPA people that I know, i.e. the dude that's in the other room, I would like a triple. Like a triple that's take, like pretty. it's more citrus forward. Yeah, it. Yeah. Unless hoppy. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. And definitely we will be in the beer again because <laughs> we've got got several new breweries to check out as well as, Absolutely. you know, next week I will be going to Deadwards on Thursday for 80s music trivia. Next week? Next, the 28th. Oh, okay. I will be going for that. Okay. So I will also be drinking beer there as well. All right. So check us out on our Instagram and please feel free to subscribe. And uh, thanks for joining us. And as always, ladies, don't, don't fear, fear the, the beer. beer. <laughs> I'll fix it in the end. <laughs> <laughs>